Welcome everybody to the Money Time Podcast. My name is Adrian Hernandez, and today we have with us the one and only John Vatia. You guys, John has sold over a billion dollars of real estate along the coast of Southern California. He has started off in the industry, got out of the industry to build a multi-million dollar business only for him to lose it all, to come back to the industry, to being a complete rock star who is now shaping the lives of other professionals, who is helping and just a world shaker and a gift to this world. We have with us the one and only John Vatia. Let's get into it. Well, thank you for having me. This is quite a treat. Yeah, welcome to the show. Well, you, you're thank actually, you for having me, like I said. Well, what's cool, guys, is John and I actually recently became business partners, um, and I'm starting to get to know John's business more, but I want John to introduce who he is, what he does, uh, and most importantly, John, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, let's see. One of my favorite subjects is me. I may not be much, but all I'm that's all I think about. No, all kidding aside. Um, I have been in the real estate business since 1962. I became a broker in 1964. Um, my dad died just before I went to college and the day before, and my mom didn't want to stay in the house that we were living in. So she found this couple to sell her house and buy a house. And when we got there, to move in, they didn't allow her to see it after she made the offer. There was water running down the street and all sorts of things. And I I went and I confronted them and I said, how could you do this to my mother? And they said, California real estate law, Calvin and Petra, buyer beware. And I was really upset. I decided to get a real estate license. I was 19 years old wow. and got a real estate license, loved what I was doing. Uh, got put under a gentleman trained me that started me in appraisal and loans. And then we went into the general real estate business and he bought and sold a lot of properties. So I learned a lot about that. Opened up my own loan brokerage firm in Glendale. Uh, through some flukes, I wound up handling the insurance for the California Real Estate Association. And you never know what's put in your life, but um, I loved real estate, but all of a sudden I got into this insurance thing and I wound up forming a company that insured credit unions. And I built that into a big company and retired at uh, 39 years old and moved up to the Napa Valley and became a gentleman farmer. The company I had formed after I sold my company didn't work out as well as I'd like and came back into the real estate business in 1984. And sorry about that. My little phone went off here and have been in this area since 1971 in Laguna Beach, Laguna Niguel, raised my kids in Three Arch Bay, um, moved to Dana Point and lived in Dana Point for about 20 years. And we just built a house in Laguna Niguel. Uh, to say that real estate is my passion is close. What my passion is, is helping people have magnificent lifestyles, finding people that want to change where they are and create wealth. And 
a lot of times it's in my business, it's helping people create things. But at times it's helping people through tough times, divorces, um, death in the family. Um, I've been doing a lot of estate situations where somebody's passed. They have me come in and help clean everything out and get the property sold. Just did one of those last week. So it's about helping people. I love that. I love that. I want to go back because you said so much in that in that first opening. It sounded like you got into real estate at a young age, and it sounds like you got out of real estate into another business, and you didn't really touch on how much money you guys, that company was earning. So what I would like to do is let's go back and let's talk about that company that you created because it wasn't just, it wasn't your normal $100,000 a year company. I mean, you guys were doing a substantial amount of business. So if we could, let's talk about what that looked like and then how that transitioned from that company back into real estate. Well, what happened was I had a gentleman come talk to me about uh, helping credit unions protect their members by offering them a credit life and credit disability product. And usually an agent that sells a million dollars worth of insurance was a a big situation. Well, we were doing at least a million dollars worth of premium a month. Wow. And uh, we built this company up into a big company insuring the majority of the credit unions in California. And we had some out of state in Hawaii and other places. And the company that was doing the insuring, uh, we found another carrier and they didn't like that. And they bought us out. They made us an offer and uh, there was a lot of money involved and a lot, a lot of money. And I retired at 39 years old. That's incredible. Got bored very quickly. I am a person that's got to be moving all the time, moving and shaking, moving and shaking. Yep. And doing something new. So we formed another company and it grew extremely quickly. We had over 300 employees all over the state and our bank went under and took us with them. So what I thought was I was set for life all of a sudden changed. And I said, what am I going to do? And uh, my love has always been real estate. So I got back into the real estate business and came into it as a business person and looked at it strictly as business. Hired an assistant right away. I didn't want to be doing $3 an hour work. I I saw the other agents doing all their little postage things, and I thought, what a waste of time. It's going to be a business. Uh, Nobody had computers at that time. Because of my past business, we set everything up on... Um, a CRM and everybody was telling me, oh, use three by five cards. And uh, we had the first web page, real estate web page in Orange County. And I created the first team in Orange County in 85 or 86. That is incredible. That is awesome. For for those of you guys that are listening, I want you to catch this story. So John sold a company. You would think you would be done at that time, right? But you go back in to create another company it goes under. I want you guys to put yourself in this situation. It, it the bank goes under, so the company right washes away, and you're now restarting all. Over. It's it's like you've lived three lives, four lives. I've lived more than that. I've done more things that people would never think I've done in my lifetime. Uh, 
been in the wine business. I've got a son who was a major person in the wine business. I have another son that's importing wines from Europe. So that is awesome. It's it's a very interesting life. I love it. I love it. You know, you've got to make a decision sometime in your life that you're either going to live it and enjoy it or you're going to survive. And uh, when my dad died when I was 18, I said, I'm going to live every second of this the best way I can and get the most fulfillment out of my life that I can. And that's what I've worked on. I've done a lot of things and I've had a lot of fun. That is awesome. And in all of that fun, you've also had some really big lessons. You've also had some setbacks in life, right? Like, you know, as we all do. And, and what I want to do, John, is I just want to briefly talk on, it sounds like it's been an easy journey. It sounds like somebody listening in, oh, well, that's been fun. But you've also had a lot of breakdowns to breakthroughs. You've also gone through a lot of valleys. Share the some of the the moments that I think not a lot of people talk about. We always talk about the company we sold or the money we're making, but nobody ever talks about that stuff that sometimes you just got to get vulnerable and talk about. Well, to get vulnerable, when you wake up one morning and everything that you had, all the properties that you created, uh, office buildings, properties in Colorado, properties in Hawaii, and you play the poker game of life and you put out all the chips to make it even bigger and you put out all the chips and it all the chips get taken. You sit there and you've got a choice. You can either die inside or you can say, this is a new opportunity and what opportunity am I going to make and how am I going to change where I am? And was there depression? There was sadness, there was upsetness, there was a lot of uh, remorse, but got back into the real estate business. And to get back in the real estate business, I had been out of it for a while. So how did I do that? Somebody gave me a sheet of paper and said, These are, this is a reverse phone directory. Sit here and call. I called and called and called and called. I took every course possible. I listened to Tommy Hopkins. I listened to Ralph Butcher. I listened to everything I could to get me to be a real estate professional as quickly as I could and get as many people as I could. I cold called day and night. I set up appointments, worked seven days a week. I was at the office on Saturday and Sunday morning at seven o'clock. At that time, people would get ads out of the newspaper and start calling. And uh, it's just a lot of work, but you've got to make it fun. You know, I can tell you about the work, but more importantly, it's the fun. Mm. More importantly, seeing somebody's face when they move into their new home. More importantly, is somebody calling you up and saying, I don't know how to thank you for what you did. I just had helped somebody in an estate and the man was almost in tears. And he said, I couldn't have done this without you. Wow. Thank you. You're a godsend. Those are the things that make life worthwhile. Money's important, but having people that care about you and you care about them is more important than anything. Absolutely. Well, you can't buy that, right? You can't buy that. You can't put a dollar sign to that, which is huge. Nope. Nope, not at all. Now, John, you've sold uh, over a billion dollars worth of real estate, and you've sold some of the nicest, most expensive houses throughout Southern California along the coast. 
And yet it's interesting that you say that's more fulfilling than the paycheck, right? I know this podcast is called Money Time, but what I found is a lot of people, right, especially nowadays where they're falling more in love with the paycheck than they are with the process of actually helping people. And I've noticed those people are short-winded. Their lifespan in the industry is really short or they'll earn a lot of money one year and they don't earn a lot of money the second year. You've been somebody who has seen that for years on end. Somebody that is caught up in that mentality, what would you tell them? When I talk to somebody that wants to get in the real estate business, I ask them why. And if they talk about money, money, I've seen agents come in and do that for years. They'll be in for six months, a year, three years, and then they're out. They they have to care about people. We are dealing with people's largest investments, either buying it or selling it a lifestyle. Sometime you're selling a house to somebody that this is all they've got left mm -hmm. and you're trying to eke every penny out of there for them. If you don't care about people, this is not the business. You've got to really care about the people that you're dealing with. It's a real estate service. And we, when I talk about real estate, it isn't about the structure, the building, the wood. It's how people feel when they buy something. Mm. It's about the emotions. Um, if this were all about money, I would have been out of this a long time ago. I, I make new friends every day. I have new friends that were clients that become friends. And um, we go to dinner together. I'll go to their house. Um, my assistant said, John doesn't have clients. He creates friends. And that's what I try to do. And I tell people, if, if you like what I do and how I do it, and we're going to have fun doing it, let's do it. But if you don't want to have fun, go find another agent. That is so good. You guys, that is how you have longevity in this real estate industry, right? In the real estate industry, go back to listen to what John said, because that is so important. Not enough people have fun in this industry. And we see it over and over and over again. And I think a lot of them are also just really caught, caught up in the setbacks. They're really caught up in the negativity that plays in their head. And I'm sure that you've gone through that too. How what are some challenges that you've had mentally, spiritually, or emotionally that you've learned to break through that maybe someone can learn from? A lot of challenges. Number one, I went to school not speaking English. I spoke Spanish and French. So I had to overcome that. And I was shy for a long period of time. And uh, I got into acting and giving speeches. And it changed, changed who I was. I had to change from the shy person to the person that could communicate. I find that communication is the most valuable thing we have with other people, is how we communicate. We communicate verbally, we communicate with our hands, with our eyes, and have other people communicate with you. So one of the challenges for me was communication. I had to get that and work my way through it. We all have fears. We all have negativity. The nice thing about negativity is you can't have negativity without positive. Yep. So if you have something negative, you have to look at it and say, how do I change that to a positive? How do I change that to an opportunity? There's an opportunity here. If you just look at the negative and keep on looking at it, you'll be negative. But if you look for solutions and look for the positive, you'll find something different. That is so good. And, you know, we very similar to what you say, we call it 
is it oppor- is it is this an opportunity base or is this obligation? Right? Is it opportunity or obligation? A lot of us look at the opportunities as obligations. The obligations is actually the opportunity that you get to do something, which is so big. That's so big. What are, what are some other challenges that you've came across uh, that you've noticed as you were growing your career? Or let's just say you sold a company because a lot of us will be done at that point. What were some challenges that you had to overcome from going from one company to the next? Well, the first challenge I had to overcome of selling my company was, what do I do now? Mm-hmm. And uh, I got bored very quickly. So I went into another business. I've been a business person all my life. The real estate business is a business. It is a profession. So anytime you make a transition, you have to learn something new. So I came back into the business, had to learn how to do things, how to listen. And I found mentors. I found people that I could work back and forth with. I had a peer partner. Uh, I spent a lot of time with Tony Robbins. I did a lot of things with Tony. Um, Learned a lot there. Our lifetime is a learning journey, and we need to continue learning. Anytime I'm not learning something new, I'm getting stale. Um, I'll go to seminars. I'll read books. I'll do whatever I've got to do to keep the mind sharp. If you start losing that, you lose everything. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and we see it happen, right? And I'm sure you've seen it happen hundreds of times with call leads and different people that you know that you've seen in the industry, right? So let, let's go back a little bit, John. You got into the real estate industry. When did you go full-time as an agent? When I was 20, I was working at a grocery store in uh, La Mirada doing frozen foods at night and selling real estate to the day through the day. And then I said, that's it. I'm going to be strictly in real estate and started learning appraisal, the loan business and sold real estate on Saturday and Sundays. So you were selling real estate while you were doing the other business? Selling real estate when I was 18 and 19. And then when you when did you get back into real estate? So you went through your business. I went your business. back into real estate yes. in 85. In 85. Okay, in you 85. were how old at that time? 44. 44. So from 44 till today, right? This is important. This is really important. I want to talk about this because a lot of us here, 44, going back into the industry, okay? Going back into the industry, but not just going back. You went back into the industry and made some major waves in the industry. I just want to briefly talk about that because that alone is profound. I had to make $10,000 a month in 85. There was no way that I could not make make $10,000 a month. I had to. And then it was 10, 20, and 30. And the harder I worked, the luckier I got. You know, the harder you work, the luckier you get. Interesting how that works. And uh, I found that I can't do everything. So I started hiring people to do the things I didn't like. And I met a gentleman that had been with Oil of Olay in marketing. And I got him to join me. And we formed a V2 group triple team. And everybody said, that's crazy. Why would you have a team? Whatever. That's what we did. It started from cold calling to starting to work a farm 
to then start to ask spheres of influence for referrals, ask attorneys for referrals. Um, you have to surround yourself with winners. Um, I had a dear friend who was a mentor of mine. He said, you got to think big and stick with the winners. Think big and stick with the winners. Don't surround yourself with losers. Get away from negativity. Hang around with positive people. I don't hang around with negative people. Yeah, you and I both. Cut them out as fast as you can. So you've cold called. You've, you've gotten business from cold calling. You've gotten business from door knocking, from building a farm. For agents that are getting into this market now, what would you tell them? Let's just say they don't have a lot of money for marketing, right? But what would, how would you instruct them on getting their first few deals, knowing what you know today? Talk to people, talk to people, talk to people. That's simple. Hey, it's a people business. Yeah. It isn't about the house. It isn't about the property. It's about people. You've got to get out and talk to people. I, I'll tell you, I have met people at restaurants that have bought houses from me. I have met people on the street walking my dog. And uh, there was a lady that was Hispanic and everybody thought she was a maid. I got friendly with her. She was the owner of a three and a half million dollar house. And uh, they came to sell it. She said, would you help me sell the house? And I said, sure. Um, it's an amazing business. All you have to do is be approachable. Let people know who you are. Let them see who you are inside. Yeah, huge. You know, you've got to have that driving force that says, I'm the best at what I do. And there's nobody better that can help that person than me. I'm the person that can help them. Catch on to that mindset, right? I'm the person that can help them. How many of us actually say you are the right person for the job of selling that home? Or you will actually sell this home. They need to hire me, right? That's a level of confidence, right? And and it's huge. I, I, I want to touch on this because I don't believe, I don't, it's not that I don't believe, I can see and you can see this. Agents come into the business with no definite purpose that they're going to do something. It's let me see if it works or there's no in their mind, I'm going to make this work or I'm going to win. Why do you think that is? I think a lot of people come from jobs mm. and they don't understand the difference between a job and a profession. You take a doctor a doctor knows exactly what he's going to do when he's going to do it. You go to a doctor and uh, the doctor's going to interview you. How do you feel? How is this? How is that? And then all of a sudden, if the doctor is going, well, I'm not sure I'm the right guy for this or whatever, that doctor's got to instill in confidence. And it starts out with simple things. The doctor will come out wearing a white coat. It decides who he is. The other thing is, he's not Bill, he's doctor. So all of a sudden, there's an amount of respect there. I go in and I am a professional at what I do, and I need them to know that. And I go in knowing exactly what I want to accomplish, how I'm going to get there. And before I get there, I say a little prayer about it. I always do, that I'm doing God's work. And that's part of, part of me. You know, God put me here for a reason and I'm fulfilling that. Yeah. 
and God's done a lot of incredible things in your life too. That's um, yes, He has. That has gotten you to where you are today. Which, which, when I hear you know what you've told me, it's um, it, it's humbling. It's humbling, and uh, it reminds me that a lot of us are not alone. Um, you know, you've got to be there for people sometimes at their lowest point. Hmm. And there's a difference between having sympathy and empathy. And having hit a low point, when somebody's there, you can feel it and they know that you've been there and you can explain how you get out of there. It's just like our conversation now. I can tell you what a low point's like. And if you're going through that, we can relate. And I can help you through that. I spend a lot of my time helping people that are in problems. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I know um, if you're okay with it, I, w- I would like to go into some of those problems. Uh, some of those problems that I don't think a lot of us really talk about, but I know a lot of us struggle with. And it's something that you've overcame and God has helped you with that. Uh, would you mind if we talked about that? Not at all. Okay. When I lost everything, part of the reason that I lost everything that I lost was I was drinking excessively. Wow. And uh, when I say excessively, excessively. So I have lost everything that I could, and I was flat on the bottom. And one morning with a terrible hangover, I woke up and I said, this is not me. I looked in the mirror and I said, I don't like that person there. I need to do something. And I called a friend of mine who I knew was having some issues similar, and he took me to an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting. And I thought, oh, I'll go there for a couple of weeks and I'll be cured and this will all be great. That it'll be 37 years in April that I haven't had a drink and I've been in AA. That's a gift from God. I, I can tell you it had It's a gift from God. Everybody that came before me in the program and everybody that we work with. Um, Alcoholics Anonymous is the most important thing in my life. That comes first. And in AA, we talk of being of service to other people. One does not stay sober unless they give it away and help other people. So my whole life has revolved around that. And a lot of what I do is based on the principles of AA, which is honesty and integrity. And uh, there's a part of it that says we have to be rigorously honest in all of our affairs. And that's everything I do. So, you know, none of us are saints. I'm not a saint. You know, we all fall down, make mistakes, but I've got tools to help me through that. And uh, I'm married, married for... 31 years and my wife doesn't drink and I don't drink and our friends don't. I don't care whether anybody else does. They can enjoy their life. They don't have the disease of alcoholism. And it is a disease. I have an allergy to alcohol. And because of that allergy, I can't drink it anymore. Does it mean that I can tell anybody else what to do or not? That's my issue, not theirs. But we can learn from that. And uh, it's very humbling for you to share that. And thank you. I know a lot of I know a lot of people that struggle with this, and and they have a hard time talking about it. Uh, they have a hard time talking about it. They have a hard time getting help with it. For those people that are struggling with getting help, 
right? And and I remember being there myself. I told you I took, you know, 12 months off and I had to refine myself because I remember being there staring at the mirror wondering who the heck is this person, right? Um, I remember on my 30th, no, my 29th birthday, I woke up the next day with bites all over my legs. I guess I'd gotten kicked out of some bar here in town, right? Because I went behind the bar and started to make my own drinks, right? And I instantly knew at that point that there was an issue. But I, I was, I was also humble enough to know that I needed help for somebody who doesn't, because I'm sure you've met those people. What are some words of encouragement or, or wisdom that you can share? I get so many people to call me about their child, their sister, their brother, and how can I help them not drink anymore? And I explain to them that that person's got to hit some kind of a bottom that says, I want to be out of here and I need help. Whether you're in the real estate business, whatever business, to ask for help is not wrong. Right. To ask for help is to say, hey, I appreciate who you are. Maybe you can help me with what I am. The hand of AA is out there for anybody who wants help. We don't charge anything. We help everybody. And there's zero cost. And we all contribute our time to help one another. If you've got a family member that's having problems, uh, I feel for you. You know, there are resources. You can call us at AA. There's a 20 questions that tries to help. But the typical person that's drinking too much is in denial. And that's not a river in Africa. They're, they're denying that they've got a problem. And everybody I've talked to when they first come in denies that they have a problem. And why? Because of our ego. Mm -hmm. And you've got to get past that ego. And what we know in AA is that you have to have some kind of a spiritual connection and no religion involved, but some spiritual connection that helps you through this. They call it a higher power. That way we don't, we're not prejudiced against Christians, Jews, Muslims, Sikhs. Correct. Anybody that needs help, we're there for them. They can find their, their own spiritual source. That's beautiful. And I have to say congratulations to 36 years. 36 years, right? Yeah. That's, that's hey, incredible. It's a gift from God. It is, you know, I, I, it's, it's the best thing that's ever happened to me besides my wife and kids and dogs and friends. You know, the, the friends that you make in this business are incredible. You know, I, I'll share something with you. I teach a lot of classes in real estate and I will tell agents, who do you think the most important person is that you've got to deal with? And they'll say the buyer and seller. I say, no, the most important person you got to deal with is your fellow agents. And they said, what do you mean, your fellow agents? Well, you have to treat them with respect, honesty, and integrity because the next transaction, you might need them. I get more referrals from other agents or they will tell me about something because they know that whatever it is. Sorry about that. Mid-commercial break. A commercial break. I did not take the call. I, <laughs> I would have left the watch in the other room, but I forgot. No, I apologize. You're okay. But the other agents are important people to deal with. Don't ever disrespect another agent. You will lose your next few transactions. Um, I've had multi-million dollar 
transactions happen because the agent knew that if I get involved, I will close it. If I get involved, I will treat them with respect. I Can I tell you a story? It's a fun love, story. Please. I'm working on about a $6 million transaction, and I always have tried to get the buyer and the seller together on a transaction that big. And I had them both come into the office, and it was a large transaction. The seller explained their side. My buyer explained theirs. We took them aside. And by negotiation, we got it together. I had to put on my wizard hat. Um, I had came in with my magic wand. I had fun with it. But we got the transaction together. The other agent didn't want to come. When it was all through, he said, I'm going to start doing what you do. I liked getting the people together. The transaction went better. It, it's about helping people. So good. And a lot of that you've learned through AA too, right? I mean, a, a lot of, can you say that you've taken some lessons from AA and integrated them into your personal and business life? There's a book by a man by the name of Chuck C. And he says, my business is helping God's kids. Oh, and beautiful. he said, all of my clients are God's kids. And I have a responsibility to take care of God's kids. So good. I love that. So, John, uh, you know, going through what you've gone through, most people would uh, would have given up. Most people would have not gotten back into the industry. What is, uh, why do you keep doing what you do? I have people that need me. Hmm. I have people that need me. And they're out there. And when I find them, they always say, thank you, John. And that helps me. For the next person. Look, I've been at this business, if you, if you can add it up together, at 60 years. I've got so much knowledge about what I've done, how I've done it. It's time for me to pass that on to other people. And that's part of the things you and I are doing. We're trying to find agents that we can get to work quicker, faster, better by learning from our experiences. You have experiences, I have experiences. If I can teach somebody how to treat somebody a little nicer, mm. teach somebody how to be better at a salesperson, teach somebody how to better help somebody, that's what I'd love to do. And that's what keeps me in the business. I've been teaching this thing. I taught real estate law for six years. I love teaching what I know, and I love learning what I don't know. And that's the key. You have to keep learning what you don't know. So good. So good. And being in the industry as long as you have been, you're still learning. When I stop learning, put the nails on the coffin. Start it. Start hammering them in. Start hammering them in. That's and you funny. have to have fun. Yeah, exactly. You have to have fun in this business. Absolutely. No matter what, giggle, laugh. And I'll share something else with you. So many people get in the business and they forget about the wife. The kids, mm. the everything else, you know, you have to remember what's important. What are your big rocks? What What's important? My wife, kids, grandkids. Those are important things. And you have to take care of yourself. Um, I travel a lot. My wife and I have biked all over the world. Uh, we've scuba dove all over the world. 
We've walked on fire. We've done with Tony Robbins to Fiji, walked up a 42-foot pole and jumped. We went with Tony Robbins and jumped off a bridge into a raging river. We've done, uh, we have helicopter skied. We've owned horses. We've done just tons of things. It's having fun with your life. You've got one life. You can't spend it all working, but you've got to work enough that you can play. And so it's a good. work play. And if you don't take the play time and you don't celebrate what you do, you're going to get bored. And you've got to celebrate the wins. You know, there's enough little losses along the way when you get one of the, yes, you know, you celebrate those wins and you jump up and down and you go pat somebody on the back and you say, hey, I'm going to take my wife out to dinner. I'm going to get her some flowers and we're just going to go have a good time today. Call some friends, whatever. But you got to have fun with it. So good. So good. For those of you that know me for a long time, you know, I am a massive Tony Robbins fan. And so it was interesting because John and I had no idea. We get we are having breakfast here at a at a at RJ's in, in Dana Point. And uh he no wait no 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 we were on a Zoom call and I was in my office and I have a Tony Robbins book behind me on the bookshelf and you're like who's that guy back there? And I was like Tony Robbins oh we can't do business together right <laughs> jokingly which was awesome. Come to find out we're brothers from Tony Robbins, right? Which is so cool uh, because Tony talks about the the can I, right? The consistent and never ending improvement. And you can tell you live your life by that, right? You can tell that you 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 breed and lead and, and live can I. Consistent, never ending improvement. You have to. There's no alternative. You either grow or you die. You either have trees that are growing or trees that are dying, you know? We're we're all a tree, and a tree doesn't look at the tree next to it and say, how are you growing? You worry about your own growth. So good. So good. So many of you on Instagram, guilty. I've done this. For sure worked on it. You start comparing your life on Instagram, especially on social media. It's probably the worst. You see some kid you went to high school with who now has a Ferrari and all this money right? And it immediately gets you away from where you need to go. What I want to go back to you real fast, you talked about the rocks in our lives. And there's a video, I forget the name of it, but it's about the purpose of life. And it's this gentleman, it's a professor, and you may have seen this video, and he comes into a classroom with a jar. And he puts the rocks inside the, rocks the jar. And you put in the big rocks first. And then he puts the little pebbles. And then he puts the sand. And then he puts the beer, right? And the whole, the whole, purpose behind this and what John was talking about is that when you put the rocks in your life first, that's what you're more than likely going to focus on. That's where you're spending majority of your time. The rocks being your kids, your spouse, your family, the things that mean the most to you. But a lot of us put the sand first and the sand is your cars, the whole bunch of stuff that just really doesn't matter. And what happens is, is that if you put the sand first, you didn't get enough time for the, you don't have enough room for the rocks. The rocks don't fit in that jar when the sand goes first. You got to start with your big rocks. I've got my trip planned to Europe, my trip planned to Hawaii, my trip planned to the convention. I've got things that my wife and I are going to do. I've got goals that I want to set, that I've set, that I want to accomplish. Those are my big rocks. Huge. Those are the big rocks. You know, um, I've got a son that lives in Europe, so he said, Dad... Can you come in May, spend a couple of weeks? 
they've got a house there and a house in Paris. So I'm going, going to France and then going to Spain. But if you put the sand first, you ain't going to Spain. Uh, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> you ain't going to Spain. So for all of those guys, it's 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 really important. Go watch that video too. I think it's called the purpose of purpose of life or the rocks of life. You'll find it. I I have th that came out fifty years ago. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's an older it, video. It, it's still yeah. still relevant. It's so good. You know, it's there's so, so many things that have been used through the years that are still relevant. There's a lot of new things. But you have to have a foundation. So good. You have to have a foundation that that you you have your own foundation of knowledge, what you do and how you do it. Yeah, I love it. I love it. What's the uh, what's the ultimate end goal for you, John? I mean, obviously, you've done some great things. You're building some great things. But what is what is the end goal look like for you? You know, it, it's funny you ask that. I. I try not to look at the end. I try to look at the current goal. I love it. Uh, when you're young, the end is a long ways away. And life is like a roll of toilet paper. The closer you get to the end, the faster it goes. So I have to continue moving faster to hit my end goal. And that's to give back, to enjoy what I do, spend time with my wife, grandkids, great-grandkids, with my friends and enjoy life. We only get one day at a time. You don't know what the next day holds. So all I've got is today. And I'm going to make the most of today. If I worry about tomorrow, I can't make the best out of today. So I work the best I can today. I enjoy today. And tomorrow, if God gives me another day, I'll have another goal. And that's why the present is a gift, right? As Absolutely. As the cliche saying goes. I like that. I like that. For somebody that is either getting into real estate, I want to go back to you being brand new in the industry, 19 years old. Somebody getting into the industry today, right? You know the market's a little changed. Market's changed. But you have, you have somebody getting into the real estate market today. How would you go about instructing them on succeeding? I know you mentioned talking to people, and I know that that's important. Well, our business is divided into segments. And a person getting into the business has to learn a lot of things quickly. Number one, they pass the test, which is basically almost useless, doesn't teach them anything. They're going to have to, do they know how to sell? Do they know how to listen to people? Do they know how to communicate? Then once you do that, communicate. Second thing is, you have to learn your product. You have to learn what out there. What is a three-bedroom, two-bath house sell for? What area am I going to work with? What are you going to specialize in? You have to learn your product. If you're selling cameras, you have to learn cameras. Right. If you're selling horseshoes, you learn horseshoes. We're in the real estate business. You have to learn what the product is. Then you have to learn all of the other things that you need to learn. How are you going to market? Are you going to market on the internet? You're going to have a web page. What are you going to do? Then you have to learn all about the forms that you have to do. Then you have to know about the legal process. You have to know about how escrow works, how title works, how home warranty works. You have to learn mm. all of these different facets. To be in the business is a learning process. And you have to continue learning on a daily basis.
And if you're new in the business, be a people person, number one. Number two, make calls, introduce yourself to people, learn your product, learn how you do what you do. But John, I'm not a, per- I'm not a people person. Well, some, some people aren't. You know what? Some people aren't. And they do things differently. They do things on the internet. They do things in a different way. You know, having been in the real estate business, I've met a lot of people that are not good with people, but somehow they get clients. Right. I have known a person that was blind that became a great real estate agent. I've known agents in wheelchairs that have become great agents. I. <laughs> I have known agents that are very good looking in this business, and I have met some of the ugliest people, (laughs) and still, they all find a way. All of us has got a niche. Yep. And you've got to fit into that. You cannot be me. I cannot be you. God gave me this amount of talent. It's my job to use that how I can. God gave you different talents. It's for you to use those talents. Every one of us is a different human being. God gives us talents. Learn how what you do best and do it. Amen to that. Amen. I and I say that I'm I'm a people person. I say that though because we hear that right. We hear it all the time. Oh, I'm not a people person. I'm not this person. First of all, stop classifying yourself, right? And second of all, like you said, you have certain attributes and traits and gifts that. We don't have, right? And we have certain traits and gifts that that they don't have, which that's why we're human beings. That's that was the beautiful thing that God did, right? He has a sense of humor. We're all so different, right? That's that's what I love about it, which is awesome. And, and and for all of you that are listening that may struggle with that mindset, you guys go back and listen to what John said. That was so big. That was so big. John, what else do you want? You know, somebody listening in, right? Rather that be life, rather that be real estate, rather that be family. What do you think is, what are some words of wisdom that you, that the audience needs to know? Rather that be about business, rather that be about life, something that comes to your heart. Well, that's a very interesting question. What comes to my heart is, I was just listening to a tape of uh, God speaking, and they were talking about the good and the bad and the right and the wrong. And you can be on the dark side or you can be on the light side. I find that being positive, being loving, being caring, love solves all issues, whomever it's with. And, you know, if you want to be happy, You've got to be able to care about other people, love life, and find the positive things. No matter how bad things look, you find the positive things. I'll share something with you. I was down on my depths, and a friend of mine pulled me aside. He said, John, he said, you have to understand one thing. And I said, what's that? He said, today will be over in four hours. Tomorrow's a new day. It could be a better day or it could be a worse day. You get up in the morning, you decide, do you want that day to be a better day or worse day? 
And if it gets to 10 o'clock and the day isn't going good, you can say at 10 o'clock, today is going to be a great day. You don't have to say it at six, but get it done sometime. Today is a great day. I've got today. I've got 24 hours. That's what I've got. You can live 24 hours and live it fulfilled. What a joy that is. Go to bed and say, I didn't hurt anybody today. I helped some people. I did good. I made one mistake. I'll change that tomorrow. Tomorrow's a new day. That is awesome. You guys, I'm uh, really listening with intent on this episode because there's a lot to learn from you. And uh, the way I always see it is when I have someone way smarter that's in front of me, I like to shut my mouth and have both ears open and listen as much as I can. So Not smarter, just a lot more experience. And, and, and more wiser, too, right, with time. But uh, John, I just want to thank you so much for being on today's episode. For those of them that are out there that want to get a hold of you, that have questions for you, where can they find you? Uh, social media. I'm on Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn, primarily Facebook. I've got a new program starting that's going to put me out a little further. It's not my strength. So I hired a company to do that. I love that. I hire people to do the things I can't do. As we should. Well, you guys go on social media. You're going to type in John Vatia. You'll find him on Facebook. You'll also find him on Instagram. And John is here at the Brookshire Hathaway office with me and Dana Point. So if you guys ever come down to the office, John will be here. You get to meet him in person. And uh, you guys, we want to thank you so much for joining today's episode. I am beyond humbled. John, I'm going to go back. I'm going to listen. I'm going to take some notes because I got some notes in my head, but I need to get them on paper. And I just want to thank you for being a light and a gift to this world. We, uh, I got to say, I love the, the man who you are and the fact that you come from God. I, uh, I feel something special when I talk to you and when I see you. And um, it gets me choked up when you were talking earlier. Um, you, you, got, you got a lot of life and you've, uh, you've made a huge impact and you're making a big impact in this world. And I just want to thank you, John. Thank you for having me here. Much love. Bottom of my heart, you're going to get me to tears. Thank you, John. We'll see you. Thank you. All. Thank you, guys.